ัสดีค่ะยินดีต้อนรับเข้าสู่ Bangkok Off Stage Podcast Thai English รายการแรกที่จะพาไปเจาะลึกแวดวงศิลปะการแสดงในกรุงเทพ Hello and welcome to the Bangkok Off Stage Podcast the first bilingual podcast on the Bangkok performing arts scene I'm Gelta and I'm Amitha In episode 9 of season 4, Bangkok Offstage is taking you beyond the borders of Southeast Asia once again. This time, we talk to Sri Vamsi Mata, a theater artist from India, about his ongoing performance Come Eat With Me, which has been attracting a lot of media attention in India since it began early this year. Come Eat With Me takes place in people's homes, where Vamsi initiates and encourages conversation and reflection on caste discrimination through live performance, cooking, and the act of eating together. In this episode, Vamsi tells us what it means to be a Dalit, why he chooses to explore the subject of caste through food, and why deliciousness matters regardless of whom we feed. This episode is in English. ในเอพิโซด9ของซีซั่น4บางกอกออฟสเตจจะพาผู้ฟังเดินทางออกไปนอกเอเชียตะวันออกเฉียงใต้อีกครั้งนะคะโดยครั้งนี้เราได้ไปพูดคุยกับสีวามสีมัทธาศิลปินละครเวทีชาวอินเดียเกี่ยวกับการแสดงของเขาที่มีชื่อว่า Come Eat With Me หรือมากินข้าวกับฉันสิซึ่งได้มีการกล่าวถึงมากมายในสื่อของอินเดียตั้งแต่เริ่มจัดแสดงมาเมื่อต้นปีนี้ Come Eat With Me เป็นการแสดงที่เข้าไปในบ้านของคนดูเพื่อกระตุ้นบทสนทนาเรื่องการแบ่งแยกวันณะในศาสนาฮินดูผ่านการแสดงสดการทำอาหารและการทานอาหารร่วมกันในเอพิโซดนี้วามสีเล่าให้ฟังถึงการเป็นคนชนชั้นดาลิตว่าเป็นอย่างไรบ้างทำไมเขาถึงเลือกที่จะสำรวจเรื่องชนชั้นวันณะผ่านอาหารและทำไมความอร่อยเป็นสิ่งสำคัญไม่ว่าคุณจะทำอาหารให้ใครทานเอพิโซดนี้เป็นภาษาอังกฤษค่ะ Hi, Vamsi. Welcome to Bangkok Offstage. Thank you so much for being with us. No, thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Let's start off by talking about Come Eat with Me. Could you briefly introduce us to your ongoing show, Come Eat with Me? Uh, yeah. So, Come Eat with Me is basically an exploration, uh, uh, exploring the relationship between uh, the caste system and the food. Um, it started off as a As as a personal project, where I wanted to look at, because food, uh, the kind of food you eat is always it depends on the social identity you come from, not just in India but anywhere in the world. Uh, and uh, in in a country like India, there's so many restrictions about what one can eat, uh, mm-hmm. what one shouldn't eat, what is allowed, what is legal, what is illegal, uh, and it sort of depends on people who have power and who don't have power. Right. Uh, so this was. Uh, Uh, it's also like an autobiographical narration, uh, mm-hmm. personal stories, uh, stories from literature, mm-hmm. uh, academic work, everything, okay. uh, sort of put into a performance that that explores this this unique relationship, food right. and caste identity has. Yeah. Caste identity. So you you are part of uh, this caste called Dalit, correct? Yes. Or yes. the untouchable caste. Um, can mm-hmm. you talk a bit about? For those uh, of us who don't know what Dalits were, at first I was like, "Who? What is Dalit?" But I was like, "Oh, okay, so it's the untouchable caste." So mm-hmm. I know from another, you know, of another word. The more I read about it, it's like, "Oh, there are other words that's described. It's like scheduled caste and all of that." Can yeah, you speak yeah. a bit more about who Dalits are and a bit about yeah. the caste system in India? Uh, yeah, very well. Uh, we are not 
untouchables anymore uh, the law has outlawed it uh, so right uh, post independence of the country uh, uh, there's a it's a law that uh, practicing of untouchability is is which prohibited. means right uh, uh, yeah so the the official uh, category we called is scheduled caste or scheduled mm. caste um, uh, dalit is a word that has been reclaimed uh, by the people uh, like okay. the famous, uh, you know, there are many, you know, there's a Marathi uh, writer who has coined this word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dalit means uh, broken. Uh, but broken. Uh, many political uh, activists, artists, uh, writers uh, have reclaimed uh, this word Dalit. So mm. uh, Dalit is a political identity. Uh, mm. There are people who might not agree with me, but uh, for me, it is something that, that gives me power. What what is why is it called uh, the scheduled class? Uh, uh, so I'll 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 just quickly uh, uh, right. brief history of uh, so the Hindu uh, religion mm-hmm. uh, has this uh, social hierarchical system called the caste system, mm-hmm. uh, where there are four varnas, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Brahmins or the priestly uh, mm-hmm. uh, community there on the top, and then the Kshatriya or the wa- warrior community. Uh, they come next uh, and then there is uh, the Vaishya community who are merchants who mm-hmm. deal with uh, market work mm-hmm. uh, and then there are Shudras uh, who are supposed to serve uh, the top three okay. uh, castes and then there are outcasts uh, uh, who are the Atishudras or or uh, as we would call them scheduled caste or Dalits or mm-hmm. or uh, uh, are formerly known as untouchables who mm-hmm. who are not part of the caste system we are outside of the caste system right uh, uh, so this is uh, this is written in various scriptures uh, mm-hmm. the most infamous one is the manusmriti mm-hmm. uh, which talks about uh, you know uh, who are uh, the atishudras and uh, what they are supposed to do what they are not supposed to do right um, and their job was to do uh, the the things like cleaning, mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially sanitary cleaning, uh, removing of the carcasses. Uh, it is often uh, works that are low and menial would be ascribed to them. Right. Uh, and because of uh, the notions of purity, mm-hmm. uh, they uh, the rest of the uh, castes uh, assume that uh, the untouchables are impure and polluted mm-hmm. you're not supposed to touch them hence right. the name untouchable right so it's not untouchable as in you're not allowed to criticize them or they're too sacred to be touched no, it's a no, complete no. opposite it's opposite you know you're right. not supposed to touch them they will pollute you they're impure they're dirty right uh, uh, so that is what you know uh, mm-hmm. broadly the caste system is and uh, caste system affects and it it sort of discriminates and oppresses people in various fronts mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, uh, food. You know, our food is looked mm-hmm. down upon. Uh, mm. uh, our, uh, our work is looked down upon. Right. Uh, like, like anywhere where people in power oppresses the person mm-hmm. without power. Uh, this has been happening for a long, long time. And... Uh, Many many uh, leaders have fought for it, and the main uh, one of the biggest leaders is uh, Dr. B. R. Ambedkar, who's also mm-hmm. the writer of the Constitution of India. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was from uh, 
the Dalit community and he fought for our rights. Uh, uh, one of the biggest achievements is 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 uh, bringing in affirmative action, mm-hmm. uh, like reservation in educational institutions, uh, mm-hmm. in, in administrative places. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, that is that is like the brief uh, uh, right. overview. Because you said that even though it's been outlawed, right? Like the caste system is supposed officially doesn't doesn't exist any officially, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, right. Well, caste system exists. Uh, untouchability right, right. doesn't exist. Uh, the, okay, so what does so, that mean when they they outlawed untouchability and yet right. discrimination discrimination persists despite reservation, uh, right? Uh, that's the thing. Uh, it's it's that's what uh, untouchability is one way of uh, oppressing mm-hmm. uh, but there are many ways like you know you're looked down upon you, you mm-hmm. are not given opportunities right uh, even in reservation it's highly debated concept mm-hmm. uh, people who are supposedly so when you look at reservation there is mm-hmm. uh, 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 there are people who don't get reservation who are uh, you know from the uh, uh, oppressor caste mm-hmm. uh, they sort of uh, uh, the debate is around how reservation is eating away merit the idea mm-hmm. of merit uh, right uh, so so uh, reservation uh, just yeah. just to be clear for everyone that uh, reservation is basically there it's a bit like quota there should right like there should be this number reserved it is quota right reserved for dalits in the government in educational institutions in universities yeah and, and not just not... dalits uh, so dalits oh, okay. are scheduled caste then there are right. scheduled tribes uh, these ah, are adivasi okay. tribal people ah, okay. uh, uh, then there is uh, backward classes uh, oh, okay so uh, in the in the uh, caste system there are the shudras who mm-hmm. uh, you know some of them are backward some of them have become landowning castes and they have sort of, uh, you know, they went up uh, mm-hmm. the food chain, but there are mm-hmm. some folks who are still uh, oppressed mm-hmm. and, you know, they are, uh, uh, they are, uh, they're called the uh, backward classes or backward castes. Uh, so backward castes, mm-hmm. uh, SC, scheduled caste and scheduled tribes. These are the three categories right. of people ah, okay. who, who can avail reservation. I, I still don't understand what backward classes are though like the uh, other ones are i understand so but... backward castes are past yeah are they uh so according to the hierarchy mm-hmm. uh there is uh, as i said there's brahmin there is uh kshatriya the warrior class then uh, there okay. is uh then there is vaisha the merchant class and then there are shudras mm-hmm. who are uh, whose responsibility is to serve the the top uh, okay. three right uh and some of these castes have not been able to uh you know go up Right in, in in the in the food chain, so right. some of them have been given a backward caste status. Mm, interesting, uh, and okay. it varies from parts of the country. Right, uh, right, uh, and according to the state government, there is reservation availability for them. Right, yeah, and yet there's still discrimination. There's still there is the there upper... is yes right. yes yes the upper caste uh, basically. Uh, uh, I'm not a fan of the the terminology upper and lower. Right. Uh, so what so, do you uh, what do you suggest instead? So like, dominant castes or mm-hmm. or or mm. oppressor castes mm. uh, or in in uh, in India we use a word called savarna, savarna. Uh, uh, because it's the varna system uh, mm. and savarna means uh, good varna, mm-hmm. uh, which means uh, so varna 
so the caste system is also called the varna system mm-hmm. in in some of the indian languages mm-hmm. uh, so sir varna means good varna or uh, they have varna and mm-hmm. the people who who are uh, uh, oppressed and uh, non dominant caste are called avarnas uh, the mm-hmm. ones who don't have oh, varna ah okay yeah. okay oh, that's interesting in thai too like the word varna vanna yeah varna yeah varna yeah. Yeah. And uh, but cl- castes and cl- and class, economic class, are completely different, right? Like different, you can be different. Dalits and still be upper class or middle yeah. or low, you know, working yeah. or even lower. Yeah. Uh, so class has uh, got nothing to do with it. Uh, right. Caste is mostly it's a social identity. Right. Uh, so people, uh, that is why caste system still prevails, even though people have uh, financial capital. Uh, right. they don't have social or cultural capital right uh, and to be powerful means to have both social cultural uh, like right. uh, uh, like uh, like in india if you look at uh, mm-hmm. uh, a brahman who comes from higher social capital mm-hmm. uh, is still treated better and you know is respected mm-hmm. compared to a higher class uh, Uh, with no uh, social cultural class so you can be a much dalit. richer dalit than a much poorer brahmin but you still have more social capital as a brahmin who's not yes, as absolutely. wealthy who's not as successful for example absolutely absolutely and just before we go to uh, move on to something more, um, a more personal question um religion as well right because caste system is based on a, it's a hindu system but now dalits have have converted to many religions is yeah, that correct yeah. yeah that is true but uh, as it so happened that even the people have converted caste system also sort of traveled into those right. religions interesting uh, because if you look at christianity or islam uh, mm-hmm. at the root there's no caste system right uh, but uh, in india uh, there are dalits who have converted to islam and christianity but they still face caste discrimination in in them uh, right now there's a huge movement right. happening in the country mm-hmm. where uh, only dalit hindus uh, mm-hmm. buddhists and sikhs get oh. reservation but dalit christians and dalit muslims don't get uh, the oh, reservation because, because mono- they are no no because they have converted and caste system is not there in it they can't but right now there's a uh, the the supreme court of india has asked the government to create a a commission that will look at it and this is a fight uh, right. that has been that is being fought for a long time right uh, interesting yeah. okay um could you go back? usually we ask a guest on our show to just go back to where when they started for the performing arts or the arts and all of that but i think because of your identity it's important to go back a bit to your childhood as well how did you grow up what did it mean to grow up as a dalit um uh, so very lately uh, I mean I knew our family was different uh, huh. uh because uh yeah, because of because of our identity there were so many people who have converted to Christianity so my family mm. would have mix oh, okay. a mix of uh people who were uh, who were Hindus who were who were Christians there would be Buddhists also because uh, Dr B R Ambedkar mm-hmm. uh, he started a movement called the Navayana Buddhism mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, which uh, which many people have converted uh, yeah. to so there were buddhists uh, there was someone called rationalists in my mm-hmm. in my family who who wouldn't believe in god they would talk mm-hmm. about rationality mm-hmm. uh, 
so i had all of this around and my dad uh, my dad is also a, a writer in in my mm-hmm. mother tongue that is telugu mm-hmm. so he would write uh, uh, a lot of fiction uh, he would write oh, short okay. stories um, and we would read and me and my brother at at a very early age we had access to literature that was not generally available for an age group like mine mm-hmm. uh, so we would read uh, feminist literature we would read progressive literature political mm-hmm. literature interesting so and uh, there was always uh, dr ambedkar's photo in our house mm-hmm. uh, you could see it is you know right behind yeah uh, uh, so we were we sort of knew we were different mm-hmm. uh, uh, but the more i learned about my parents's experiences in their colleges Mm. uh in 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 uh both of my parents were uh, were doctors my mom was a human doctor my dad was an animal doctor he was a veterinarian oh cool <laughs> uh but they would talk about uh, i would see the other doctors uh, my mm. my mother's friends and they would be different mm-hmm. uh, um, uh even though we you know my mom and they have the same kind of degree mm-hmm. but the kind of work my mom wanted to do my mom did very ground work she would work in uh, mm. local clinics mm-hmm. uh, uh she would hardly charge any money but the mm. other doctors they would mm. uh, they would work in these private firms even though they were working in a government hospital in the morning mm-hmm. uh in the evening they would work in these private hospitals that would, right. would pay a lot uh and how they would treat my mother i would i would see mm. that uh, even in, in their staff room uh, the other doctors who come from dominant castes would uh the fear of uh how to speak uh because mm-hmm. uh because of of the colonization we we had access to english right english is our biggest uh, weapon uh, for mm-hmm. the oppressed mm-hmm. uh in the country interesting uh, uh but my parents who who've uh, studied all their life in in their mother tongue uh, mm-hmm. to go into these spaces which are very elite to to mm-hmm. have access to language uh mm-hmm. they would be feared uh they would be scared to talk uh okay. because uh, uh but but both of them were uh, were very confident mm-hmm. uh, people who were sort of we have me and my brother we've imbibed mm-hmm. uh that uh so well, so we knew we knew we were uh, we were dalits and when mm-hmm. you're in school uh, by the end of your class 10 uh, mm-hmm. you're you're supposed to if uh, you know you're supposed to um tell that you you know for the records you have to tell that uh, you come from the scheduled caste for oh, records oh for what oh interesting uh, uh so that is when the rest of the class would know about us uh, mm. until then we would be part of we would be the same but the moment people realize oh uh, uh they come from this uh so people would change the way they talk the way they share their food mm-hmm. with us You're right uh, um, and the moment i uh, i came to my plus 1 and plus 2 class 1 class 2 is how old plus plus 1 and oh, plus 2 plus so two. Okay. so uh, so uh, after class 10 mm-hmm. uh, there is plus 1 and plus 2 Okay. After that you go to uh, to a professional college. That's how Okay, okay. So you're like in. late teens. Yes, yes. I okay. was my uh, 15 16. Okay. So that is when I was the quota student. Uh, mm. uh because uh, I had reservation people would be uh, upset with me that you you will you will be able to get this off easily unlike right. us 
All right. Uh, uh, and this is something that goes on. And the, the system also doesn't protect us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're immediately labeled as a reservation student. Mm. Uh, and everyone look, looks down upon you saying that you're not capable enough. That is why you, you're... Uh, and no one has an idea about what affirmative action is. What, what does it mean to, to have representation? Mm-hmm. Because it is not taught in school. Uh, Right. Uh, uh, like it's briefly mentioned that there's caste system and there are these people that Ambedkar is a Dalit right. leader, but, but that's it. There is no uh, nuance to it. There's no reflection. There is no uh, people talk about caste as oh, it's it doesn't exist anymore. It only exists in rural parts. Right. But that isn't that isn't true. Because where where do you where did you go to school then? So I went to a school in Vishakhapatnam, Andhra Pradesh. Uh, mm-hmm. That was uh, that was where I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, this all happened there. It was a fairly mid, mid-level city, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a port city. There was naval base okay. there, um, so fairly mixed. It's not just people who spoke Telugu or people who are residents mm-hmm. of of Andhra Pradesh, but they were also right. people from different parts of the country. So right. fairly exposed to uh, people who are other cultures as well. But right. At the end of the day, whichever culture in every culture, Dalit right. is a Dalit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and um, and I think I read somewhere that your your brother was discriminated against when he brought beef to school, right? Uh, no, it's to lunch, a, or was that, or was uh, that, or did I mix up someone else's story? No, no, <laughs> it's a it's a story that I tell as part of my. Uh, performance uh, mm-hmm. like this is a very like beef consumption is like right. uh, cow slaughter uh, is banned in India mm-hmm. uh, in right. in most parts of India and right. uh, uh, sacred animal yes right. yes uh, but if you look at the history of of food uh, mm-hmm. uh, now it has gone up the price but beef was the most cheapest mm-hmm. uh, meat available and people mm-hmm. from the marginalized communities the the Dalits the backward caste and and uh, Muslims would eat beef was their uh, staple. Right. Uh, but post uh, the slaughter, it's always discriminated against uh, because it was a sacred animal and people mm-hmm. would eat that would be looked down upon. And this is, this is uh, Ambedkar in his book, he talks mm-hmm. about, uh, he's written so many books and one of the books he talks about, uh, is it because people eat beef, are they considered as untouchables or is it because of the, economic situation of the untouchables that they were that they would eat beef right so this is a conversation that still goes on like right how is it because we eat the mm-hmm. meat of uh of of a dead cow we've become untouchables right or is it the other way around yeah uh, but beef has been a, a major uh, uh topic of contention around Right. Uh, people in India like uh, so you're looked down upon mm-hmm. uh, and anyway people who don't eat meat they anyway look down upon everyone who eats meat but right. people who do eat meat which is not beef mm-hmm. they also look down upon on people who eat beef so interesting uh, okay okay so if you if you look at any Dalit autobiographies uh, mm-hmm. that are written mm-hmm. uh, food plays an important role uh, mm-hmm. And the shame that is it is prescribed to uh, people right. who, uh, are disgusted by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, are, they call names. They say it's smelly. Right. Uh, they call it impure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the scriptures that I was talking about, the Hindu mm-hmm. scriptures, the Manushmuti, yeah. uh, it sort of tells what the Savarna, the upper caste has to eat. Right. 
uh, and uh, only food that is half eaten and the food right. the meat of dead animals is supposed to be eaten by mm-hmm. uh, by the untouchables or the uh, uh, lower caste or uh, oppre- oppressed class uh, caste okay. right yeah. uh, we'll come back to food a bit later but yeah. uh, can we go back to in, in school you said you were definitely you were looked down upon by definitely by other students what about teachers is that's very much part of the system as yeah, well yeah or? yeah absolutely absolutely uh, it's uh, not just me but uh, this is the story of every marginalized kid uh, in, right. in school like recently uh, instead of talking about my experience i'll, I'll tell this story uh, indar meghwal he, he was a 9 year old boy in uh, in rajasthan mm-hmm. uh, he was be he was hit by the teacher because he touched Uh, a water pot that uh, that was sub meant for the teacher uh, and oh. he passed away what oh so he was beaten he was beaten he was hit Beat- he was a young kid he was hit yeah uh, but he succumbed to the injury uh, oh my god and what and he, what happened to the teacher he was arrested but okay this okay, is just but, but a 9 year old yeah and this this so i will leave, i leave it at there like but just this because, is the thing right like the untouchability although outlawed is still completely practiced completely yeah, yeah. so the point the point is that the 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 student or the kid young kid touched uh, the water pot and he has sort of may, polluted the water pot and right. how how dare he pollute that water pot by by merely touching it oh my god yeah and um even and even university level right um it was it's very difficult for students to get and there has been there has been like high profile cases where dalit students commit suicide because yes. they can't get anywhere yes. right can yes. you talk a bit yeah. about that as well and isn't that one of the things that encouraged you to get yeah, into yeah. activism as yes. well yes 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 absolutely uh, uh, so uh i was i was doing theater for a long time but mm-hmm. uh, uh the moment i came uh up against talking about my identity i would hide uh, mm-hmm. as you were talking about yashika that's book coming out as a dalit right. uh, she talks about something called passing off right so yeah. i would pass off as as an as an dominant caste person because, because. i i would speak english uh, mm-hmm. my parents were in a better Uh, financial status mm-hmm. uh, i studied in one of the premier institutes of the country right uh, but i was there only because of reservation mm-hmm. uh, if not for reservation that would not have been possible so i would That's hide right. from my identity i would not talk right. about uh, uh, but then uh, in 2016 uh, a mm-hmm. phd scholar from hyderabad central university was institutionally murdered rohit vemula his after he passed away there was a lot of like the movement picked up everyone mm-hmm. was talking about it that was mm-hmm. that was one of my moments of i can't take this anymore right i right. need to i need to stand up for my identity because mm-hmm. it's not about me anymore because there are there are folks there are people like me who who might not have the kind of privilege i have i mean i'm still right. calling it privilege uh, right uh who couldn't get english education who are who are not confident with their right. work uh so that was the moment where i said 
this is not something that I can't take. I'm going to be much more vocal about it. Right. And I, I, I was doing theater. I would talk about many things. I would talk about, uh, uh, I would talk about feminist values. I would talk about mm-hmm. uh, uh, capitalism. I would talk about mm-hmm. the environment. But why am I not talking about caste? Mm, interesting. Uh, and that is when I've decided that if at all my art is going to go out and caste is going to be my point of view, I'm mm-hmm. going to be standing from a Dal- as a Dalit man right and and perform and do and produce my art very and um but before this can you go back to why you hide it because you didn't want to deal with it it was too much of a burden or it was just this yeah not, like you don't one, want it to define you or no 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 i was scared uh, mm. because the moment people know that i am i'm here because of quota or reservation yeah. uh, they would forget uh, what i'm capable of i would be mm-hmm. reduced to my identity right, uh, that right. is what Rohit uh, Rohit Vimala has said uh, he he was reduced to his immediate identity and nearest possibility right, uh, right. and that is that is a story of every marginalized student in the country right their, their merit is questioned mm-hmm. uh, they they are they are deemed unworthy right uh, uh, not yeah, like everything is criticized. The food they eat, the language they speak, the clothes they wear, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the 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 ideals they stand by, or or decisions they take is always it's always right. under the radar. Right, uh, and that's what Yashika Dut said. Right, she she herself, unlike a bit different from you, you she she was ex- uh, inspired by this, I guess the suicide as well to come yes, out. Yes. But yes. for some for some Dalits they change like their parents, their grandparents changed the name because I, I think we discussed this a bit earlier before we uh, started recording that there there are Dalits whose names are you know are recognizable right away as Dalits. Yeah, and yeah, some yeah. of them change it so that they Yeah, yeah. They, she talked what like like what you said she feared coming out as a Dalit because yeah. of the consequences you yes. face yes. Yes. socially and everything professionally. Yes. 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 Did you yes. face any consequence apart from, you know, the, the, the obvious looking down upon, but what about professionally? What about in theater? Yeah. Yeah. Did you... uh, yeah because it's highly gate kept. Art is very much people in power, people who made like when mm. you do, when I do like come eat with me, for example, mm-hmm. uh, when I started performing now it is, it has expanded and it exploded. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to talk about it. But when I started, when I started writing, applying for grants, mm. in quest- India, in India, in India, um, the first question is, okay, what is your form? This doesn't oh. look like theater. Right, right. Uh, what is your aesthetic? What is your language? So who comes up with these rules? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, who, who, people in power uh, come, right. come up with rules. Right. Uh, so who defines what is classical and what is folk? Mm-hmm. Uh, so people, so people in power come up with these rules. People in power uh, gatekeep these places. Mm-hmm. What kind of play can be performed? Mm-hmm. What kind of story can be told? Uh, mm-hmm. So when I so before coming it with me, I was part of a writing program called First Draft uh, mm-hmm. by Indian Ensemble. It's a theater company based out of Bangalore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is where I wrote my first play, Star in the Sky. Star in the Sky is is actually uh, it has it has been inspired uh, mm-hmm. from the life and death of uh, Rohit Vemula. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a short story that my dad wrote in Telugu. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've taken it and I worked on it and I made it into a play. So when I was writing that play, uh, 
uh, as part of the lab, they would ask me, okay, find inspiration. Uh, find, uh, so if you look at, uh, at how caste is written or, or, or spoken about in art forms, it's always from a gaze of the savarna, the oppre- uh, oppressor, uh, mm-hmm. the dominant caste member. So it's always uh, pity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always only the brutalized body of, of the marginalized is shown. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but as I said, we were we were reduced to our identity. Uh, mm-hmm. We are reduced to uh, to as locations of pain, re- locations of oppression. Mm-hmm. But we are much more than that, right? Uh, so I couldn't find inspirations. I couldn't find plays that were written. Uh, Especially, like they didn't, those things didn't inspire you. Basically, uh, the, they they were not talking about me. I I was right. invisible. I was not seen, mm-hmm. uh, and that is also about representation. Yeah. Uh, so very few uh, were written, or if they were written, they were written in languages that was not accessible to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. But in a mainstream uh, theater, uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, me, and people like me were invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 our our ideas were not taken seriously. Right. Uh, uh, part of being part of uh, theater festivals, or, or you know, we're mm-hmm. not on the radar. Uh, right. We were still the outsiders. Hmm. Especially if you you are openly I'm a dialect yeah. artist. Yeah, yeah. You declare. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. No, even if even if it is not declared, it's not just you know me and my. Even mm-hmm. if you're you know there are markers of. Mm-hmm you know, someone, you know, what they're mm-hmm. capable of. And these are assumptions right. people would make. Right. Uh, and it's also something that that especially uh, kids and young people from marginalized communities, they lack the confidence of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. now I am in a place where I can, I can ask for my work. I value my work. But this was not me a couple of years ago. I would mm-hmm. be scared because I know that my merit will be questioned. Right. Uh, so... Uh, it's sort of I'm intimidated by the system, by the mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. Uh, by the institutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just the people who gatekeep, but but by design, these spaces, these institutions have kept me away uh, because I don't perform a certain way, or I don't speak a certain way, or I don't write a certain way. <laughs> Can you go back a bit to, because you said earlier before you started, uh, come eat with me and all of, or, you know, talking about cast in your work, in your theater work, what led you to theater to begin with? And what kind of theater did you do earlier on? Because you think you did Greek and all of these things as well, right? No, so uh, since childhood, I was very interested in performing. Uh, mm. And because literature was a huge part of, right. uh, of my childhood, I was always inclined. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I came for my bachelor's at Indian Institute of Science, Bangalore, uh, there was a wonderful uh, theater society on campus uh, where mm-hmm. I studied. Uh, so that was my first uh, interaction with uh, theater uh, or with proper proscenium theater. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so as part, uh, during my bachelor's, I used to perform mm-hmm. with, with them. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that is where I've learned. Uh, I haven't gone to a theater school or a drama school. Uh, I've learned it on my job. I started <laughs> doing theater. That's how I learned theater. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so uh, I used to do a lot of theater with with the theater society of the campus. Uh, mm-hmm. It was called Rangmanj. Rangmanj. Um, Rangmanj. Okay. Uh, and uh, 
So as when we were performing there, we we did some amazing productions and <laughs> what we would do to we would go to college uh, competitions, oh cool, uh, uh, student theater festivals. Uh, That's cool. Uh, I would go as a participant, and then I sort of realized because I, another thing for me to have gone to theater is I was a science student. Ah, okay. What did you study precisely? Uh, so I did uh, my bachelor's of science in research. Okay. Uh, uh, my subjects were material science and biology. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the way science is done in India is mm. was not very conducive uh, to people who come from marginalized backgrounds. How uh, so? Uh, again, uh, uh, language, uh, mm. uh, uh, the fear of uh, being rejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's science is still an elite space uh, mm-hmm. in the in you know and uh, as as many problems are in gatekeeping in in art there's gatekeeping in science also so who mm-hmm. will get a good project who who decides to get a good guide who gets will get good research yeah and... yeah and lab space uh, uh, uh-huh. so all of this have sort of pushed me away from science did you eventually finish the degree or you changed i i have i have finished my degree oh, okay okay so i finished my degree i have a bachelor's degree which is of no use right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah so and then uh, uh, i i asked myself what what is it that i want to do mm-hmm. uh, i i at very and uh, there were plays that i've done which which have been received very well Mm-hmm. uh so sort of instilled uh, confidence in me so i said okay uh, is this something that i can do and um, mm-hmm. i asked myself okay i'm going to give it some time uh, and uh, yeah i took uh, i took about a year time i started mm-hmm. working with productions outside mm-hmm. of of campus i started professional theater i was working as as an actor as as a production person mm-hmm. uh, and then uh I started teaching theater in schools. Oh, cool. in uh, like high school or yeah, yeah, for school children. Uh, okay. Uh, until class uh, grade eight, I was I was teaching mm. uh, children up till grade eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to manage, uh, you know, to get some food and a roof under. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, my my parents were like, yeah, uh, if if you are able to feed yourself, that is good. Mm-hmm. And over time, things have gotten better. Uh, and now I'm able to do work, uh, earn some money, and produce art. Right, right, nice. And uh, can like we said before that Dalits are discriminated against in all parts of society. Why do you want to focus your work about Dalit on specifically food? So uh, in in India, there's a culture of uh, pure vegetarian restaurants. Mm. <laughs> uh, so uh, when you look at what so what is pure vegetarian like if i have to dissect that word mm, interesting uh, they 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 are offering you food that is pure vegetarian mm-hmm. and that is cooked by people from certain caste mm. uh, so it's not just about the food being vegetarian but the hands that prepare it cannot be dalits uh, yeah uh, so there's a lot of Brahmin eateries uh, in in the country that sort of uh, so the the Brahmin eateries are are restaurants that are run by the Brahmin folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right from uh, the people who who take the decisions until to who cook 
they're all Brahmin. So the reason that is important to talk about is so Brahmin eaters offer you that pure vegetarian food mm-hmm. that is not only just pure vegetarian, it's also cooked by Brahmins. Mm-hmm. And this is what Brahmin folk, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they assume that because uh, Brahmin cook is cooking the food, it is not polluted, it is not impure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my thought process was, okay, what if I, a Dalit man, is going to cook food and feed people and tell stories Will they come, sit with me and eat? Mm-hmm. So that is the uh, idea. So I cook food, I tell stories, and I feed people. Mm-hmm. So if I have to crudely tell about my performance, this is it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and many uh, caste reformers have, have talked about intercaste dining, intercaste oh, okay. marriages. Uh, right. You know, so as a social... A movement as well. Uh, I sort of subvert the idea of, you know, uh, uh, going and coming and eating with me because mm-hmm. there's also this this culture in India where, uh, especially uh, dominant and oppressor caste politicians, mm-hmm. as a way to tell that they're casteless or they don't believe in caste, mm-hmm. they go to Dalit households and Adivasi households and eat. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but it is a it's a photo op. Uh, it's right. That's what I've been yeah. reading. Um, politicians yeah. going to Dalit, except they they bring in everything of their the, own, right? Yeah, like including yeah. cutleries and plates. Yeah, so it's yeah. a bit of a show. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was to you know subvert the idea. You know, mm-hmm. I am not you. You are not going to come. I'm going to come to your house. Interesting. Uh, I would cook uh, and I would tell stories and I would feed you. So, so that is is it like. Uh, mm-hmm. And I also feel when you're sitting together to have a meal, right? Uh, the people who are sitting, their vulnerability sort of drops. I feel mm. so they are more open to uh, having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I'm a huge uh, uh, fan of talking to people and eat instead of like, nowadays people want to watch something and eat. Right. But I, I I prefer sitting in. Uh, you know, eating and talking to people. So mm-hmm. that's how my the form has uh, come in place. Okay. So did, to... did it start off the same way as it, it is now? Or did so you it was much, it... much intimate. Did... So I used yeah. to start off uh, when I started performing, I would perform to 10 people, 15 okay. people. And now, you sit, you cook and you sit and you eat. eat and, and in what spaces you, how did you so like contact to... people? So I would go to people's houses actually. Like knock on their door. You didn't call. You didn't. Email. I mean, I would put up. I would put up uh, mm-hmm. an ad, and okay. I would, I've asked people to sign up if you want to host me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people would sign up to host me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would go to their house. I would use their kitchen. Uh, I would cook in their kitchen, and then in their living room, I would perform. Uh, and now it has gone to I book venues. Uh, people oh, invite wow. me to venues where uh, I I uh, uh, I perform for 50, 60 people. Wow! Wow! But you still sit and eat with them and everything? Yes, you, yes, yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and you cook by yourself or do you So have... uh, when I'm cooking for smaller folk, I cook myself. Okay, very uh, nice. But if I'm cooking for more than 30 people, I, I get a help. Uh, okay. Again, people from the community who would cook with oh, me. Okay, so people who are part of the, who would come and uh, sh- sh- uh, watch no, your no, show. No, is, oh, no, no, no. 
uh, people from my community from dalit oh, community oh, okay uh, okay so i would find a cook from from the right. community who would help me cook do people uh, see you cook as well like do uh, they come in no 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 i mean oh. i mean i'm not going to stop them but uh, that okay. has never happened but the show doesn't start until you present them with the food or uh, so the show starts with story de- with with the performance mm-hmm. uh, uh, so there's a setup i perform uh and okay. then at okay. the end of the performance oh, okay. i share the food can you talk a bit about the performance itself what what do they get to listen to what do what do they get to see yeah uh so uh one thing i need to tell you is when when i invite people or when they buy mm-hmm. a ticket i ask them to carry a portion of food that they like as well oh interesting so at the end of the show they can share that you know oh, okay their food food with okay. everyone and talk about it as well uh so yeah my my performance starts the moment i cut my first onion mm. <laughs> that is when it starts so i so as of now i make three things mm-hmm. okay uh, i i make a chicken curry that is my mom's recipe oh uh, i i make rice uh and i make a vegetarian dish uh, it mm-hmm. depends on uh, uh what it is uh so i cook that uh, mm-hmm. and then um uh, i sit down for my performance so my performance is is uh it sort of ranges from dalit autobiographies to mythology mm. uh to news reports mm. to academic literature that talks about caste and food mm-hmm. uh, uh it talks about uh early memories of food it talks mm-hmm. about notions of purity right uh and it talks about recipes right uh, uh and this uh, the performance grows uh it it has uh, poetry it has mm-hmm. uh it has uh, uh published papers academic okay. uh, journal papers as well right uh, uh, uh and a lot of uh, literature written by dalit folk mm-hmm. uh, i share all of that um uh, and then there is uh, i open uh, i i bring my uh, uh, vessels where the food is i open mm-hmm. it and i ask people to uh, start eating Mm-hmm. and as as you eat what kind of conversation have you had with i know you've done it so many times how long how many years have you done this no no, no it's uh, i started this year March. oh you just started oh, yeah, okay okay yeah. i feel like i thought i've heard about it long for longer okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so people talk about various things they talk about because uh, for almost a hour and a half uh, we've been extensively talking about caste and food right right uh, now people are one they're very hungry yeah. <laughs> uh, and two they're like they want to share uh, or they're they're like they're very anxious and not want to share i just of course yeah uh, yeah yeah because caste is a very <laughs> touchy subject uh, right. in the country when it was in intimate settings have you ever ha- because sometimes when in, in smaller group you're more face to face did that ever get more tense or more aggressive um uh touch would thank god not, it has not never yet. happened <laughs> never happened it was always a great space space for reflection interesting uh, there'd be times when uh, people so uh, another thing that i need to tell you about my performances mm-hmm. when i'm telling stories in between these stories i sort of open it to my audience and okay. i ask my audience to share stories as well okay Uh, do they always or sometimes you get sometimes, silence <laughs> so when when it is when it is a smaller group everyone shares okay uh, yeah, but okay. when it is a large group i sort of make it five responses 10 responses mm-hmm. uh, sometimes people are sharing and they just want to share more 
Mm-hmm. So they keep on going. There are times when I was doing intimate shows. Uh, mm-hmm. It would just go on for three hours because people are talking. They're telling right. stuff. Wow! Uh, wow! And uh, because it's that's the thing. Uh, I I I've become a huge believer of this. When you know, uh, people there's a whole conversation going around group therapy mm-hmm. sessions. Uh, you know, and how the role of a therapist, how mm-hmm. they have to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. as well so because i'm being vulnerable with my audience where mm-hmm. i share very intimate details they are automatic i'm not a fan of this safe space idea, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but they become familiar they they want to share with me right right uh, they they talk about their uh, their fears their there's a lot of messiness uh, mm-hmm. in 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 people's lives and because people think that asking a question uh, saying a certain thing would be improper so right. they don't but because now they're in a vulnerable space mm-hmm. they're like can i share this messiness with you mm-hmm. uh, can i open up a little more right uh, uh, because i'm scared because mm-hmm. it's also fear uh, mm. and the reason i've designed it this way is uh, i don't want to attack people i don't want to confront mm-hmm. them mm. because it is easily uh, it can easily be that it can easily be confrontational because dining table yes <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and also talking about caste because uh, uh, people can talk about class but the right. moment you talk about caste uh, everyone is implicated mm. uh, especially you know in spaces like these because it is who gets to access these spaces of performance it's mostly right. uh, people in power people uh, who have privilege Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know most of them come from uh, oppressor caste backgrounds and uh, dominant caste backgrounds mm-hmm. so when you talk about caste immediately they are uh, implicated in it and they cut off they don't want to have conversation right uh, but instead i try to make my space inviting uh, mm-hmm. to have to make sure that you know why don't we have conversation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. uh, uh, annihilation of caste is not my problem it is your problem as well it's mm-hmm. not just the problem of the marginalized mm-hmm. it is everyone brahmanical patriarchy affects everyone mm-hmm. uh, so it it is not my job to fight this right it is our job to fight this uh, there might be different ways of fighting this right uh, but but we are we are in this together right uh, so that is the kind of inviting space uh, i have i i'm i'm i will say this very confidently that i have managed to create this space mm-hmm. how many homes Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. No, and that is the reason I don't think I've had a, a, a issue or or an incident until now. Right. Uh, They want you in your their home to begin yes, with. Yes. 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 Are these yes. mostly family, young families, young yes, people? Yes. 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 And are yeah. they of usually of different of another caste? Yeah. Or? Yeah. They're most of them are from the oppressor caste. So, yes. like Brahmin and the other. Brahmin. Yes. 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 Interesting. Yes. But more like. How, you would you say like 20s to their 30s and um, yeah, so, or you've uh, seen, or you've seen like a whole family of like different generations as well no 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 i haven't i mean people have come as audience uh, like mm-hmm. mother and daughter mother and son mm. um uh to uh to older couple so my largest uh, i mean my oldest audience member was about 64 years old okay okay uh, uh and the youngest was i think 12 or 14 years old okay And it's. Do you see the difference in like 
openness or comfort level in this type of or it's it's such a mix no, like you've seen young it's, people it's, who are uncomfortable it's, it's a mix well. it's it's yeah. a mix it's a mix but yeah. uh, the younger the 20 to 30 age group are, are a little more open to a dialogue mm-hmm. uh, because also we live in a society where this constant uh, oppressor guilt mm-hmm. yeah. that goes around so they immediately want to like oh oh we have done this no but reflect on it Mm-hmm. Uh, so many many folks who have written about my work they asked me what is your ideal audience reaction uh, as I said I don't want to shock them I don't want to confront them I right I want them to reflect right yeah because I think reflection is one of the aesthetic of of my production right uh, uh, where you sit and reflect what have been like the the most common questions or the most common comments do you, have you seen like a pattern or so it's always about gays uh, so when i say uh, when i said i'm going to cook chicken mm-hmm. you were like oh nice you're going to cook chicken but mm-hmm. uh, in india if people come to me and like why are you cooking chicken why don't you cook beef mm. Uh-huh. there's a certain exoticiz- yeah, right. yeah there's a certain exoticization that the gaze has uh, but uh, as much as this is the food people also are running away from their uh, identity hmm. like hmm. until I moved to Bangalore to a different city I've never eaten beef my hmm. parents have have uh, that that never came into our houses and also to be really? able to okay. eat you know to be able to eat beef in 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 households where uh, the society is largely savarna society or the uh, mm-hmm. you can't take it it's it's uh, it's not safe hmm. uh, to be able to you know to eat beef yeah okay. yeah, yeah because didn't didn't the government crack down on slaughterhouses uh uh-huh. so recently? this is before this is before okay uh, uh, the kind of uh, people would give you stares uh, people mm-hmm. who talk about so uh, dalit families who are living in in urban setups they mm-hmm. they don't they are scared of it there are people who assert it but i come from a family who who didn't want to hold on to their identity mm. uh, so if i want to talk about my memory i'm going to talk about the memory i have right uh, so, right uh, because as much as come eat with me is about caste and food it is also a tribute to my mother many dalit women who have sort of revolutionized the kitchen how so? How so? Can you talk uh, a bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, as part of the performance, I talk about these small, small in- indigenous, uh, ingenious tricks. Sorry, uh, <laughs> ingenious, uh, both indigenous and ingenious tricks that they would use. Uh, uh-huh. Like, for example, uh, 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 I'll give an example. So, my grandma, my mom, my dad's mom, mm. uh, they were a family of seven. Uh, okay. And one earning member in the family. Mm. So, you know, how do you feed not just nutritious food, but tasty food? Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, people talk about feeding the oppressed means only giving them nutritious food. Mm-hmm. That is not it. Why, why, why don't they deserve tasty food? Mm. So, uh, if, if my grandmom had to cook shrimp, uh, mm-hmm. uh, she would get 250 grams of shrimp. Mm-hmm but a kilo of vegetables. Mm-hmm. She would mix and cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the flavor is retained. Right. But the family of seven is fed. Mm-hmm. So that is ingenious. Like, right. 
you know so these are i talk about you know things like this uh uh, uh a recipe the my mom's recipe uh, so if you look at uh, chicken curry uh, on the internet indian chicken curry mm-hmm. people talk about this one ingredient cashew nut paste mm. uh so as to give it a creamy texture mm-hmm. so when i was recreating my mom's recipe i was like but this is missing in my mom's recipe right. my mom didn't use it right so what my mom used to use is poppy seed paste mm-hmm. uh, she would take a spoonful of poppy seeds she would crush them and, and much cheaper so now it is different but the okay. thing is imagine having uh, a kilo of cashews and a kilo of poppy seeds mm-hmm. how often do you like cashew seeds can be used again for many things mm-hmm. and it is not sustainable to have a kilo of of cashew nuts compared to a kilo of yeah. uh, poppy seeds so poppy mm-hmm. seeds would be used only for this for any anyway. mm-hmm. now poppy seeds is costlier uh, okay uh, but back day was it was cheaper and you would only use a little you know mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know hardly a spoonful for a kilo of chicken right uh, so that was my mom's uh, geniusness like you know uh, she used poppy seeds which is mm-hmm. much cheaper much more easily available mm-hmm. instead of cash right so i talk about these uh, there are so many mm-hmm. you know because especially in dal- dalit households or marginalized mm-hmm. households uh, the women who cook uh, or anyone who cooks they have to think of you know what the society is going to say what people mm-hmm. in their house like what is the financial situation what are right. their idiosyncrasies what is available right. what is not available Did she cook uh, for your lunch to take to school as well when yes, you guys yes. were kids? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And did you learn? Did you cook with her ever, or you yeah, yeah. cook that later? Is, no, no, no. That's how I learned. I learned. She was my teacher for cooking. Yeah. So you knew how to cook by the time you had to leave home and yeah, yeah, and everything. So I would cook. I would. So my mom was a, as I said, she was a doctor in a government hospital. Right. Uh, she would. Uh, she was working in the. Uh, she was an anesthesiologist. Mm-hmm. uh so she would have night shifts mm-hmm. so we would call them night duties so she would be in the hospital during nights mm-hmm. so she would leave in the afternoon right uh, so uh it was me my dad and my brother mm-hmm. uh, so we learned to cook so yeah, okay. we, yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. had to <laughs> yeah 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 oh, okay yeah. okay let's go back to how dalits are discriminated in the arts and cultural sector in india how are artists fighting back against discrimination dalit being, artists uh being vocal uh because again because now some organizations are looking at optics as well like what does it mean to have someone on board uh the diversity diversity uh, <laughs> and inclusion yeah yeah so uh it's still difficult it's uh it is so that's a thing uh, like for example uh bomsi is a dalit artist mm-hmm. uh, but they don't do this for a brahmin they don't call him a brahmin artist there that's true so dalits are the only caste mentioned yeah, yeah. Okay. like there's a black artist and there's there's no white artist there is an artist right <laughs> Right. So it's it's an ongoing fight. It's it's always it's a struggle. It's still a struggle. And this is the thing, right? Like once you So what do you do? I mean, cuz you you feel like you have to assert this identity and yes, and yet you don't want to def- 
be defined by it, then how do you mm -hmm. and that and then you, I've read that there are, you know, Dalit collectives and people who do Dalit uh, arts that are about them being Dalits. Yeah. So how yeah. do you how do you kind of um, not be defined by it when you kind of want to? Uh, that's the thing. Talk uh, about it. You, you, I don't want to be boxed. Mm -hmm. I'm an artist who's a Dalit. Right. Uh, I can call myself a Dalit artist. Right. Uh, the other person can't call. The other can't be like, "Oh, you're a Dalit artist." No. Mm. You know. So it is a conflict. It is. Uh, you know. I want to assert, uh, but I don't. I also don't want to be boxed. Mm. Do you uh, do you have other projects waiting for you then that you feel like oh this this is what I may go back to that has nothing to do with being Dalit it's that more difficult for you now because come eat with no, me or I, I don't think so I mean at least mm -hmm. in the near future uh, because that's the thing uh, in in a country like India caste supersedes everything mm. it supersedes state mm -hmm. so it's everything you know is uh, either directly or indirectly you know. Mm -hmm. Even if you have to talk about feminist politics, mm -hmm. caste plays an important role. Uh, mm. So caste is in everything. So right, you know. So I don't think so. I can do a you know uh, a, a, a a production that might not be about caste because mm. everything is about caste. Mm. Because even if I'm doing a play that is not talking about caste, means something. So what does it mean? So who are my, who are my crew? What is their cast location? Mm -hmm. uh, who are my actors? What is their cast location? Whose text I'm reading? What mm -hmm. is their cast location? So, cast is an important part of everything we do. Right. Is. And to to remove ourselves from that reality is is impossible. Right, because because you're especially as the Dalit, you're not allowed to forget. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, oh, I, that's what I wanted to ask you earlier, because you call yourself a feminist as well. Is there a lot of, of gender discrimination among Dalits themselves? Or absolutely, absolutely, patriarchy exists everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a man, a man. Everyone wants to be a, a notch above uh, the last person on the food chain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, patriarchy affects everyone. It also comes from Brahminical notions. Right. Uh, 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 so that is why you can't just call it patriarchy. Uh, mm -hmm. It is Brahminical patriarchy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, how how have you been fighting against, or how have you? I mean, apart from dedicating this work to your mom and talking about women and how they've, you know, how how important they are in everyday life, in food, in in everything. So uh, you know, someone was asking me about. Uh, what is your aesthetic? Uh, mm. you know, because there's a huge uh, school of thought in the country that is, you know, discussed is is the Dalit feminist standpoint. Mm -hmm. So my aesthetic is that mm -hmm. uh, I stand at that juncture and I talk from that positionality. Even though I am a man, uh, you mm -hmm. know, but I need to talk about what it, what is the Dalit feminist point of view. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 like come eat with me is a tribute to not just my mom but every marginalized mom mm -hmm. who are fighting to uh, to feed their children not just nutritious food but but tasty food. Mm -hmm. mm. food that, it's interesting that, you yeah. you 
you keep say taste like this is so important yeah but if you're trying to feed a four-year-old because malnutrition mm-hmm. is a huge thing in the right. country and if if you go back and look at there's something called the midday meal program mm-hmm. where uh, governments are uh, uh, gives food to mm-hmm. young children who mm-hmm. attend government schools mm-hmm. so there's a huge politicization that is happening in the midday meal program mm-hmm. where they are not giving uh, uh, food that there are organizations that is uh, you know uh, uh, giving food as part of the midday meal program right is Free, not giving yeah. is not is giving egg is not mm-hmm. giving uh, you know is sometimes giving uh, onion is considered as as uh, as impure oh, okay i didn't know that onion onion uh, is not to be eaten by the twice born or or the savarna oh, okay uh, so uh, you know meals that are and these are kids young kids who are suffering with malnutrition mm. if you are giving them tasteless bland food they will right. not eat right so, so even giving... even caste pay- place in the yeah. feeding yeah absolutely malnourished really in need kids absolutely they're like we can give them uh, we can give them protein via via pulses uh, uh, yeah. but to be able to eat you know so much you get but an egg is highly protein rich right nutrient sure. rich uh, they are like no egg is non vegetarian we can't give them yeah interesting you know, you know it's so tasty food plays an important role the right. moment the food is tasty the young kid will eat it right uh, so the fight is not just about nutrient rich food but it's also tasty and, and also taste too. taste yeah. that is looked as luxury yeah exactly it seems like taste doesn't matter if you're poor and if yeah. you're of another caste like or like and how much taste brings comfort yeah right? like deliciousness yeah. like pleasure is um, somehow supposed uh, to be alien to them uh, to, and to... people in power make statements like why do you need taste ah, you know so okay. so as much as nutrient food is important tasty food is also important right and it's just more of a fun question um what do you, what for you what are some of the most comforting flavors for me yes like comforting the most delicious this is like home food the chicken curry of... and rice is for you is something that uh, i i just made it uh, oh. after after this is done i'm going to go eat oh yeah uh, uh, it also takes takes me to a happy place uh, mm-hmm. then uh, there's something called idli uh, oh yes uh, yes 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 yeah, the... idli and and chutney especially coconut mm. and peanut chutney i am a huge oh i've never yeah. heard of those chutneys i've only yeah. heard like mango and other ones but no i never uh, heard coconut. no these are these are fresh chutneys that they make for to idli uh, oh that sounds amazing so these are and these are not very difficult to make these are very right. easily accessible and what about yeah, sweets yeah. do you so make I'm, sweets I'm, or, I, or you're I, not i am a foodie so i eat everything right so uh, i'll just quickly tell you a little about what kami with me was supposed to be mhm oh, so when i originally started, so originally so when i started working on it uh i was like okay what is my food mm-hmm. if you look at indian culinary history mm-hmm. uh the marginalized food is is a huge void yeah so where is it mm-hmm. uh, it is in oral histories it's in people's mouths mm mm-hmm. uh so i said okay you know what uh because i don't know anything about my food i'm going to travel to the birthplace of my parents mhm and i'm going to set shop for 6 months uh 
I will document these recipes. Ah. I will come back. I will recreate these recipes, and I will design a menu that is about eight cores. Oh, okay. Cooked by people from the community. Mm-hmm. And so, like a tasting menu, very. No, no, no. Proper eight course meal. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it had all kinds, uh, but because uh, when I was applying for these grants, I couldn't get <laughs> them because I said, "Okay, you know what? Let me start with something I know." Mm-hmm. And you, uh, like, you, you would design that as a performance, not just come and eat, not just a. No, no, no. As so, okay. as people would eat the eight course meal, I would, I would tell the stories about each of these. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, recipes and items that they are eating. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so But you could get a grant for eight I couldn't. <laughs> I still don't. Uh, you know, I. Uh, this is this is like a dream project where that's the thing. I'm I'm also experience uh, experimenting with forms. Like mm-hmm. this could this could easily be like a documentary mm-hmm. where I travel to places. You know, we see these shows where chefs are traveling to these places and. Why can't I do this? Yeah, totally. This, yeah. yeah, exactly. We love these kind of shows these days. Yeah, all over the world. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm also looking at different forms. So I'm working right. with two other artists from the community mm-hmm. uh, who who also work with cast and food, mm-hmm. uh, but different uh, form. Uh, like mm-hmm. they're they one is an artist, a digital artist. One is one is a writer. Mm-hmm. So we three of us are trying to work together to create a moving museum. Mm, uh, yes. Where uh, you know, uh, like for example, a recipe book mm. uh, that is named after women from the Dalit community. Uh, named uh, after, sorry, your those named named after the women who oh, okay. cook, who cook them. Like for example, in uh, there's a history, culinary history that mm-hmm. a certain uh, recipe is named after the king mm-hmm. from whose uh, from the king's court it hit, it came mm-hmm. uh, from the king's kitchen. So right. it would be like, oh, this so and so king's so and so recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, as as a way to uh, as a play on that, I've uh, I'm uh, naming these recipes uh, by uh, after the woman who cooked them in mm. their kitchens. Okay, uh, okay. Uh, so uh, my mom's uh, chicken curry recipe is available online. Which oh, is, nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, on her name. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so, what else would the moving museum have? So it would have many things. It would have sounds from a Dalit kitchen, mm. uh, uh, recipes, uh, uh, stories, uh, and already there's a lot of uh, written uh, material available from right. Dalit autobiographies. Right. Uh, if we can sort of uh, derive recipes from those, there's already an artist who does this called Rajeshri Gudi. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she does uh, this work beautifully. Oh, okay. Uh, there are also so many uh, caste elders um, mm-hmm. uh, who have these stories, who have these recipes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like sort of uh, acquiring wisdom from them. Right. Um, Can you talk a bit about fishes at Offstream? This is a collective that you are part of, <laughs> correct? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's a collective that I started with two other amazing What? women artists. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, Padma and Nisha. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So uh, they are they are also from Bangalore. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I, uh, we three were working some on something called Fishhead Sambar. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a play, uh, a performance uh, about memory and mm-hmm. how the majoritarian government is mm-hmm. is sort of erasing memories of people like me. 
so uh, that production is on hold right now because we wrote and we we became uh, you know uh, busy with other things like i am doing comic with me uh, nisha mm-hmm. is working on something else padma is traveling to uh, has uh, is in the us right now mm-hmm. uh, so when we well, all three of us came together uh, uh, me and padma came from uh, uh, oppressed castes and mm-hmm. nisha is a muslim woman okay so all three of us have come together and said you know uh, we found a space with each other Uh, mm-hmm. why don't we offer it to to the larger community mm-hmm. so that is how we started uh uh austrian fishes where we mm-hmm. mainly would do anti caste work mm. uh, art around anti caste work uh, it is rooted in anti caste politics all right yeah ah very cool after interacting cooking eating with people of different castes what kind and young mostly young people of different caste what kind of future do you see when it comes to caste system in india <laughs> wow that's a very huge question well i mean uh, it, i mean just to be clear dalits are 25% of india uh, right which is yes, which yes. means over 200 million people yes, which yes. is you know yeah. thailand times 3 or 4 yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know yeah 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 i mean it's as i said like there's one wamsi there are so mm-hmm. many people who are waiting for a chance who are uh, you know who who still who are still in the margins who don't have a voice mm-hmm. uh, and one of the aim of of kamit with me is to open these spaces where because mm-hmm. it's not just about educating the right. uh, the others but to also to make space for folks like me because every time i perform there are few people from the community who come to attend the show who share their stories because mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it's just about to to have someone to listen to you mm-hmm. uh, there's also a certain homogenization that happens they say oh you're a dalit oh you you look like this you speak mm. like this you eat like this mm. uh, and come it with me is also to rupture that to to talk mm. about the heterogeneity of 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 our lives mm-hmm. uh, we are not we are not stories to tell we are much more than that mm-hmm. uh, uh, all of us are having a human experience mm-hmm. by by boxing us to to something is mm-hmm. is not done is taking away the humanness mm-hmm. so you know caste system is that is dehumanizing right uh, it says i am there are humans above you uh, mm-hmm. you are not human enough mm. uh, uh i think the 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 aim the idea of of not just come to me but any of my work is is to make that space to to reclaim my humanity Uh, and people like me to be able to dignity uh, mm-hmm. equality dignity liberty fraternity these are these are paths that have been shown to us by by dr ambedkar uh, so this is what i aim to have uh, uh, to have a society that is much more equal liberal mm-hmm. uh, 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 to have a life that is dignified to have dignity in things you know dignity doesn't come because of your identity but but with what you are uh, so uh, i think uh, to to continue this path of making space making space making space mm. uh, because and not safe it, space <laughs> no it's not it's not you know uh, uh, people are easily triggered these days but uh, i don't i don't my life doesn't have trigger warnings uh, mm-hmm. you know so to have to make space so that people can be heard people 
can be listened to to have space to talk mm-hmm. uh, because as you said uh, we are we are 200 more than 200 million mm-hmm. so where are they why are we not listening to them enough have people stories who are from non-dalit non-dalit caste change your views on them as well or have there been stories where you're like oh now i see it things differently or certain uh, things differently not really but i what what has happened to me is also to be able to have a conversation mm-hmm. i can't be confrontational as i said before mm-hmm. uh, as i said this is a fight that both of us have to fight mm-hmm. so i you will listen to me but i will also listen to you mm-hmm. your fight might not be as as painful as mine or you know the things that i have to fight might, might be much bigger but you're still having a fight mm-hmm. uh, like especially the younger uh, savarna folk are fighting with their families mm-hmm. uh, because that is what they have to do inward they have to look inward look at casteist practices in their households mm-hmm. uh, Uh, so this is also a space for them to be like you know this is a fight i am fighting mm-hmm. to be able to listen to them mm-hmm. i'm not going to diminish them that is not what it is it is to also to be able to listen All right and since you said you're a foodie this is more lighthearted question to end uh since you're a foodie if you what food would you love to kind of master in your kitchen biryani biryani and from maybe from other anything else from other cultures other cultures so i'm a huge fan of uh, i mean biryani italian, is italian, italian. Food, <laughs> food. Uh, i make a lot of pasta uh, oh really so recently i moved to a new house me and my partner okay. has got in this house so we That's have nice. purchased an oven uh, oh nice <laughs> so i'd like to make a pizza uh, someday i would like to bake stuff ah uh, okay okay that's the thing i i I want to do so many things. Yeah. Uh, I also believe food is a wonderful way of telling right. art as well. It's a wonderful uh, way to tell a story as well. Right. Uh, and uh, and it also makes it simple to be able to talk about food. Mm. Uh, it encompasses many things. It encompasses gender, sexuality, social identity. Right. Uh, uh, and I can still in so it's something my dad has uh, mm-hmm. told me is people might forget what you say mm-hmm. uh, but they will never forget a meal that they've had with you that's true that's true uh, so i i i give that very importance uh, right anyone so i i make sure that if someone's coming to meet me uh, i mean if we were doing this in a physical space i would have cooked for you oh that would be uh, so nice <laughs> uh, but i think uh, you know uh, and it is art uh, mm-hmm. is definitely art, uh, i know, agree and as a performance artist i i i relate so much to cooking right uh, yeah it's 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 my it's it's my safe space <laughs> <laughs> it's my and happy place have, yeah definitely i i love to cook as well it's it's great and uh and of course this oven thing is such an asian thing right like most of us don't have it in our in our kitchen <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, like yeah, oh, it's yeah. such a it's such a chore to try to yeah, find one yeah and yeah, um yeah have you have you are you perfecting your biryani at the moment no i just i just started because uh, okay. the thing is there are infinite restaurants that yeah, that serve true. all kind of biryani so the effort to outcome ratio is too high if you have to cook yeah i'd prefer but 
but i'm trying to i'm trying to learn <laughs> now, would you would you want to add that as part of uh, your performance one day this uh, is such um, a great thing to share yeah, really yeah. such a great dish to share uh maybe not really because uh, <laughs> the, because there are so many things that so in in my performance i talk about right. uh, say for example if i i'm this is not a proper number but say if i'm talking about 10 uh, mm -hmm. uh recipes uh in the future i would like to have all those 10 recipes mm. and biryani is not one of them okay okay i see and um what's the immediate future of come eat with me within the next two to three months to six months uh so i'm trying to perform in other cities uh so mm. i've performed in in uh, delhi mm -hmm. uh in the next two months i'm trying to perform in bombay mm -hmm. uh hopefully i'll travel abroad as well to perform so i'm there are people who are reaching out so, right oh wonderful yeah. and uh, do you see it working in a different way in a in another country where there's no caste system or yeah absolutely because mm. at the end of the day it's you're talking about the food you eat mm. Mm. Uh, i think one of the main aspects is is hunger mm -hmm. so caste system or not hunger is something people can relate to mm -hmm. uh, and i think yeah it, it might be a little different but uh, it will and where can we follow your work uh so uh, mostly i I put everything on my social media. That is Instagram. Okay. Uh, I'm building again uh, in India to be an artist and to make mm -hmm. money is difficult. So I'm trying to raise funds to create a website for my work. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And your Instagram account is at uh, at uh, Srivamsi Mata. S R A V A M S I M A T T A. It's my full name. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And can you recommend three books or artworks that if you, if we want to follow, if we want to learn more about Dalits or art uh, by Dalits, where, what, so what the, would you recommend? Uh, there's a wonderful, uh, mm -hmm. wonderful uh, book written by Dr. B.R. Ambedkar mm -hmm. called Annihilation of Caste. It's available for free on, on many websites. Uh, okay. Uh, on Col Columbia. He studied at Columbia. University, so, yes, yeah. Yeah, so Columbia has a huge Ambedkarite uh, archive. Right. Yeah, so you should check out Ambedkar's work. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some brilliant uh, contemporary artists of my time who are working on on cast. Uh, so on Instagram, you can find uh, uh, Bakery Prasad. Uh, mm -hmm. How do you spell the name? Uh, bakery, B-A-K-E-R-Y. Mm -hmm. Prasad, B-R-A-S-A-D. Mm -hmm. uh, bakery prasad is is a digital artist who mm. who, uh, who does amazing work mm -hmm. uh, then there is uh, rahe punishloka he's he's a writer and an artist as well on instagram he's known as art edgar a r t mm -hmm. e d a k a r mm -hmm. uh, art edgar and uh, uh, yeah if you go to these profiles you will find many 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 wonderful uh, people as well uh, there's another uh, community uh, medicine doctor uh, dr mm. silvia karpagam mm -hmm. uh, who's actually fighting uh, uh, the the caste nature of midday meal program uh, mm -hmm. in in karnataka people should should check out silvia karpagam's dr silvia karpagam's work can you spell her last name just in uh, case silvia karpagam mm -hmm. k a r P A G A N. 
Thank you so yeah. much, Bamsi, yeah, uh, yeah. for being on the show. It was great talking to you. It was so yeah. fascinating. And good luck with Come Eat With Me. I hope we can, you know, meet one day at your show. And I would love to go see your show one day. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. It'll be great. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bangkok Offstage is created, hosted, and edited by Gatakit Bunkan and Amitha Amranand. The intro and outro tracks are Quicksand by Wild Light and Probably Shunt by Jay Lang. <laughs>